Welcome to the Achilles Hypnosis Podcast, episode number 10, Taylor and Hypnosis. Taylor is being interviewed by Jenny Lynn McKinnon today. Taylor has been a consulting hypnotist for two years, writing his own book to be published in 2019. Graphology reader, specialist with porn and quitting bad habits. Here he is. So Taylor, how did you start in hypnosis? Um, how I started in in hypnosis was uh more of a roundabout way. I started because well, I went to trade school to do business training, and that was kind of boring me or irritating me at the time. So at the time, I was looking on YouTube to find things to either entertain me or to learn and I found hypnosis and I thought at first it was voodoo because uh, my family and I were we're very we're very staunch members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and first for a lot of people culturally it's it's bad but uh, I did some more research into it and found out that it could help me with uh, an addiction I was having. I learned how to use it, and it was working until it wasn't really working. I helped my wife, and then I went to you, and then I got trained, and then my pornography issues were, were gone. But yeah, that that's how I got into hypnosis, was trying to find something to get rid of my addiction. Well, I was grateful when when you searched me out and and you did so well with the hypnosis it just seemed to seemed to fit for you kind of like a glove and it's been fun for me to watch you progress in your business and your hypnosis skills and I having even been a recipient of some of your hypnosis skills and helping me figure out some things has really been helpful and it's really encouraging for me to have someone that I've been working with and mentoring to excel and then to take it to the next level. So that's, that's been really exciting and really good for me to watch you yeah, excel like that. So my next question, I know you have kind of your niche with hypnosis the things that you really like to specialize in and that you're that you're expert at. Let's talk about that. So I do um, addiction. That's my main focus. Well, partially because of my addiction from the beginning, the pornography, that is my, my main thing that I focus on. But addictions, like, they're not really addictions. So how I believe what addictions are, addictions are just really bad habits that have formed and people don't want to get rid of them. And so really, I'm in the business of bad habits. And the bad habits I usually work with are porn, porn addiction, um, smoking, and drugs. And they they may be the hardest people to work with, I will tell you that right now, but they really want to get rid of it. Because, especially with drug addicts, they have all these chemical things going on in their mind. And 
they they desire it because they're trying to get rid of the feeling that they have, such as anxiety, uh, depression. So they use other means by which to relieve their stress other than coping with it correctly. And I just like seeing how to change those coping mechanisms to what they had to something that they actually want. So what is the biggest challenges that you face with clients? Um, besides marketing, um, more or less desire for desire to keep it off forever because the one the two big things that are bad with pornography and the smoking is someone actually the drugs as well when they're caught it's not their desire to change that's why i always ask like do you want to get rid of this in the in the initial interview do you want to get rid of this? Yeah, my, and then if they say, yeah, my mom needs, wants me, she caught me, I was doing this. Like, no, I ask you, do you want to get rid of this? So really, the biggest problem I have with clients is making sure that they have the desire. I, I will not take someone if they do not have a desire and it's their, and it's their choice because I don't want to waste my own time or their time. And later on, they're going to have a threshold moment, meaning that they're going to cross over to a point where they can't deal with it anymore and they want to get rid of it. And I, usually I wait for that, that moment. And this moment can come by experience um, or it can come by choice. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And so, you're, so you have no problem turning away a client that isn't ready and prepared to change. No, I do not. Because if you do not have that complete desire to get rid of it, and you still are holding on to it subconsciously, there, there's no point. Because there's a difference if, you're, if your subconscious doesn't want to get rid of it because it's been doing it for so long. It's just habit. Right. We're creatures of habit. We ha we want to stay the same. We don't want change. Change is, change is hard for us. But when a change is necessary and they want it, the, it, it's there. So, yeah, I don't have a problem turning away a client and telling them, you know, come back in a few months or a few weeks wh whenever you feel like it. But if you want this, and I tell, and I tell them, if you want this gone, just come think about it for a little bit i usually don't refer those ones out because i don't want to waste other hypnotist time either right which i appreciate <laughs> so and then what i find when i when i have to do that is when they return they have such a greater respect and then they're ready so when they come back when they're ready we can really take care of it then and that makes it makes a big difference. Well, what I find is that they care more about the honesty. They they see our picture and whatnot. They've never seen my face, and if you know me, I I am a very serious person. Uh, I but I do not like to make confrontation. And that's 
one of the and it is hard for me to tell somebody yeah i'll turn you i'm gonna turn you away one it's it's money that i could have had and two it's an appointment i can have experience with but you know it it's better to have a success rate that you know is gonna come by rather than having someone who who's been caught in their their lies say oh i need to fix this they're not going to an aa meeting they're not going to an arp meeting they've never had an intervention they just they just don't want to do it it, it it's just pointless so taylor are there special techniques that you use to get your desired outcome um the techniques i like i i've tried regression uh, a lot i i I have no idea why this keeps happening, but they go back to like the first time they've ever used used the uh, the addiction, when really uh-huh. the feelings the feelings that they have I I don't believe started then they could have but with me I know that I started way back further than that, so I've started to use uh, symbolic regression. Which is what I mean is I have them look at their problem, all their feelings and everything, and I transform it into something symbolic like a tree. And they're trying to pull out the tree. They first cut down the trunk. They burn it. They get rid of it. And then they pull out the roots and make sure the whole entire issue is is gone. And another point that I... With those things, when you have the addiction, we need to replace it with something. And what I use is parts therapy. Well, not really therapy, but parts. That's what the technique is called. Yeah. Yeah. So parts therapy, you have different parts of you. So, for example, Uh it could be you in your mind. It could look like you, like an older version of you, younger version of you. A uh, version of you with uh, a ring in your face. I don't know. I don't know what people see. But I usually have the rebellious side, the creative side, and the obey the rule obeying side. Those are usually the three the three people that we need in this in these situations. And if I feel I don't I don't make scripts. I don't read scripts. I read scripts beforehand so that I. I can take from those scripts whatever language and patterns that 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 are there but when i'm with a client i focus on the client and what they need especially with the parts therapy because you can have those three parts of you and other parts like your old self your new self it it, it just depends on what i feel is what they need especially with the language that they give me and Uh One of the other techniques that I do in my pre-talk and intake, I don't like to talk about their issue. And if they start talking about their issue, I tell them, well, I'm not a licensed uh, psychoanalyst. And I'm not going to tell you what your issue is by you talking to me. I'm going to tell you how to fix it. And we're going to do that. So I use that. And I do also use uh, graphology, which is the study of handwriting. And I'm uh-huh. able, I'm able to see their personality, their flaws, and their strengths within 
two paragraphs of handwriting. So I've, I, that is one of the biggest helps that I use. And they always think, oh, this is not going to do anything for me. And I'm like, oh, do you have, do you have issues with authority? How'd you know? It's right there. <laughs> so you become an expert at that, at the graphology and, and delving in and understanding their issues, even before they have a, that conscious awareness and they don't have to talk about it. Yeah, more or less. It, and it doesn't, what graphology does, it doesn't, they might write down like what their issue is. Like, oh, I have an issue with uh, smoking because I smoke three packs a day and I want to quit. But what I can see from like their handwriting is they're very depressed. They have feelings of anxiety and things like that. So really the root causes I can see within their handwriting. Because your hand doesn't write, your brain writes. Right, that is correct. That's fascinating to me. I'm so glad that you got on and really developed and honed that skill. Yeah. So when you are working with clients, what is it that you wish that they would do more of? Um, when I'm with clients, one of the things I wish they would do a lot more is um tell their friends about it not just for the point of uh word of mouth spreading but especially with addictions they they need accountability partners and sometimes the best accountability partner is someone who's not your family member honestly i think the best uh, accountability partner would be someone from an aa meeting or an arp meeting and for those on the program who don't know what ARP is, it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints version of an AA meeting. So, it's not AARP where they have insurance. Uh-huh. But, one of the, yeah, the biggest thing I would say is finding the accountability partners, which some of them do and some of them don't, but that's the one thing I wish they would do more of. And stay with that accountability partner. Because I've tried to be an accountability partner for a lot of my clients. It gets taxing on you. Not not for the emotional part. Because I can try and stay away from the emotional part. Because it's partly my job and my profession. But it does weigh on you emotionally every once in a while. But mostly for the time consumption. Because they need somebody. And when they're... When they're having relapse thoughts, they need someone. They need someone in the moment. And sometimes I'm not always available to be right there with them. So I always ask them to go find somebody and I give them uh, pointers. And I am going to talk about that in my book that's supposed to be coming out here late October, early November. So. Excellent. Let's go ahead and talk about your book. Uh, so my book, it's called Divorce Pornography. And funny story about uh, that. So how I wrote my book was kind of like right now we're recording the audio. I recorded myself with my thoughts. I wrote an outline and I put down my thoughts on what the, on the those parts of the outline. 
And then when I got to reading the transcription, it I, at one point I said, I can probably pull it up for you right now. No, my book's, book's over yonder. But pretty much what I said was half of the population in the United States is divorced or has been through a divorce. And so let's think of pornography as your spouse. You're going to divorce it anyways. So at one point in your life, you are going to quit pornography unless you're really into it. And so, but pornography, all it talks about is treating women and other people with abuse and sexual exploitation. And so I said, you know, you need to, and I pardon my French here, you need to divorce that pornography bitch. And that's where uh -huh. I got the name from. And I thought it was funny. It's probably, you probably had to be there to, to know it. But, <laughs> but I just remember that line of, you need to divorce that pornography bitch. And I'm like, this is actually a good title. So... <laughs> Moment that catches your attention. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great title. Yeah, well, I was kind of angry when I said it, and I would—that's why I like the audio recording of the books. And if anyone's going to write a book, I think sometimes recording the audio, getting a transcription, and editing it is probably one of the better ideas because you can just say what you feel. And I said what I felt, and I got a little angry. And, you know, when I'm angry, a lot of the things of truth come out, especially with my profession. I don't yell at my clients. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we yell at ourselves. <laughs> Sometimes we just have to get that anger out. Well, that's another thing is when, especially with addiction, you, we bought a lot of the times we bottle up what is inside of us. We bottle up what, what is wrong and we hide it from everybody else saying, oh, if they find out uh, I won't be held in such high esteem. Yeah, that might be true, but maybe they'll hold you in higher esteem if they, you admit that you have a vulnerability and you're will and you say, I'm willing to work on it and do everything that I can to make my situation better. Um, we live in a society, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, we live in a society of BS that we have to keep up with the Joneses and buy all this fancy crap so that we look and appear as though we are who we, we are who we want to be, but we're not. And especially, uh -huh. especially with addiction, we are appearing different than what we we actually are because inside we are we're dead inside because i remember at one point when i came to threshold it's like i'm dead inside there's this is this is not what i want for my life so, and if they don't and if they're not at that point they they just don't realize that they're too consumed in the addiction and especially with addictions it is addiction is hypnosis you put something in your body or you look at pornography and you feel as though that's what helps you relieve stress and you just keep telling yourself oh it's bad and then you keep going back to it and you 
feel those nasty feelings and then you you just keep doing it and doing it but you feel as though it, it has taken control of you it's basic hypnosis so that that's my thoughts on that yeah well so when you are educating people about hypnosis do you feel that it helps give them those magical moments that they expect is that helpful, or do you feel like that lessens the experience as they're going through hypnosis, that they're expecting those magical moments, or how do you how do you prep a client to really expect, or to give them, I'll say to give them those magical moments? Um. So in my pre-talk, so in my pre-talk, I I tell them all positive things. And I ask them, like, what they're expecting. Because if they're expecting a pocket watch, then I kind of talk them down from that. I've heard experiences where uh, hypnotists did a pre-talk, but they never, like, talked about the expectations of the client. And one client wanted, an old lady wanted the pocket watch induction. And so... I've had that happen before where it's like, oh, I, I'm expecting like a pendulum, some mind control. And I had to had to talk them out of the, the mind control. And how I explained that was where I, I am, I don't remember the guy's name, but he walks through the labyrinth with string to kill the minotaur. I don't remember the Greek hero's name. So he walks through with string. And how I explain it is you're walking through with the string and I'm the dude up ahead of you telling you where to go in the Minotaur. I'm like the I'm like the voice of God at this point. And that's all I do. I tell you what to do so that you can accomplish your goal. That really helps to set that expectation. And I like how you said in your pre talk you bring out what do they expect. So that you can either debunk that expectation as being unrealistic, or you can meet that expectation. Yeah, because sometimes people expect like a show show hypnosis work with them, and I some of some of the people it does work with, and you have to use that. And I've used that a few times with the expectation that they're going to be used. I'm going to use show hypnosis, like instant inductions and things like that. One, it speeds up the process, but you still have to do a lot of deepeners with the instant induction. But right. at one point, I think I told somebody, because I'm like, mm, I don't think that is going to work for you. We're going to do the uh, slow in, slow out way. And I had to explain to them how uh, normal hypnosis therapeutic hypnosis has worked so and then then the session just went fine so so it sounds like you have used a lot of self-hypnosis on yourself so let's talk about that how important do you think self-hypnosis is for the hypnotic practitioner to use and how is you how have you brought that into your practice so, self-hypnosis, um, especially, well, you can't teach what you don't do, because then you're a hypocrite. 
especially with the hypnotic profession. Um, and as a hypnotic technician, I, I do my best to find the time to just think perhaps like two minutes in the shower. It doesn't take uh, hypnosis. I, I find ways to uh, do waking hypnosis with myself. If I don't have the time to like sit down or sit in the shower and close my eyes and think and think about stuff in my mind. If uh, the meditation is pretty much the same thing as hypnosis, other than the fact that meditation, you're trying to clear out your mind rather than put stuff in. So hypnosis is one step further than meditation, but it, it, it doesn't take that long to do self-hypnosis, especially for us. We, we know more tricks of the trade than anyone, and we should be able to do it with ourselves. But my method that I usually use is, and I don't think everybody does this, I write down my goals and how long I'm going to go in for a session. And then I, that that way I, I feel like my conscious is, is actually not there. It has that breaking of the critical factor, the filter there. So that I, so I have, so I have a deeper, deeper uh, session of hypnosis, and it it works. It it helps. I do I do believe though that uh, we as hypnotists should be able to get rid of addictions within one session. Um, but sometimes crap arises at the end. So, especially with a client, they need to be able to use. Uh, self-hypnosis or give them a track and say hey this is what you're this is use this and then when you're more proficient I'll teach you how to do it yourself but with the hypnotic profession and being through uh, the client base um, it is very important to do self-hypnosis not just for previous addictions but for stress relief because this world is quite <laughs> It, it, it's gone to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly. <laughs> and wherever you look, it there could be stressors in every everything you look at. So one of the best things you can do is just take like two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, it doesn't matter. And just meditate and, and do self-hypnosis. I know for myself that it's critical that I keep myself and my thoughts in alignment. And self-hypnosis is a daily part of my routine, and it sounds like you've implemented that. Yep. It's your daily life. That's what makes you successful as a, as a practitioner with hypnosis. So what events do you have going on, and what do you have coming up? What projects are you working on? So, again, I have my book. Um, we're going to have a party. For, I'm going to do an invitational party for uh, the book. Celebrate that I actually that I actually got it out. Uh, that's going to be on November 15th, I believe. And that'll be a special invite. Then uh, the 15th and the 16th of November, I believe I'm going to be doing a workshop on addiction recovery and porn re and quitting porn and next year uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff I'm probably going to be changing my business name so that I can reach more people and 
um, taking on taking on a business partner. So yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff is happening next year as well. So good. So you'll be doing some rebranding, and that's exciting. You got your book almost ready. I'm excited for that special invite, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. That'll be that'll that'll be great. Is there anything else that you would like to that you would like the hypnotic world to know and be aware of? Um. No, probably not at this time because I'll probably ask someone else to <laughs> explain it in their own words <laughs> in a different interview. So. Okay. Well, I have really enjoyed getting to know you a little better and really delving in with what you've got going on. And I so appreciate your time this morning, Taylor. Well, so thank you very much. Well, thank you for interviewing me. Well, thank you for listening to the Achilles Hypnosis Podcast, learning a little bit more about me. And thank you for Kayla, my wife, who did the intro, and Jenny Lynn McKinnon, who interviewed me. Uh, remember, like she said in the intro, that I am writing a book. It is going to... We kind of talked about the second draft a little bit earlier in one of these episodes, that I was going to name it Divorce Pornography. Um, it's going to change a little bit. So, But then again, remember, we do have a Kickstarter campaign coming up on November 16th and 15th to celebrate it and get it started off. Hope to see you there either on a live Facebook feed or in person at the party that we're going to have. And also I'm having uh, two events during that time on November 16th, carpal tunnel and pain management and quit smoking. These You can find these at my Facebook page at Achilles Hypnosis. They do cost $52 or $53, depending on which uh, event you choose. So it, it's, a small, it's a small fee for what you're actually going to get. Just remember to sign up for those. And also go to the Facebook page to sign up for, to come to the event for the Kickstarter as well. So hopefully we'll see you there. Oh, and FYI, I do have a business partner. It is my wife. We have already taken her on because she's the best possible thing I can have in the business right now. And I thank, thank her for everything that she's done for me, especially in this podcast and especially everywhere else. So thank you again, Kayla. I love you, sweetheart.